It's Green and Growing with Ashley Frasca. Plants, flowers, trees, and stuff. Brought to you by Pike Nurseries. On 95.5 WSB. I loved the last hour of the show with Erica Glazner. Such an honor to have her on, and she helped answer some of your questions. Again, if you miss any parts of the show, and maybe not listening at 6.30 this morning, that's when we do the feature with uh, Walter Reeves, Walter Wonders, talking about pre-emergent herbicide, putting that out in the lawn um, now, soon, before September 15th, I would say, to prevent winter weeds, make your dormant grass look nice, none of these... Terrible, bright, green, leafy weeds popping up as, as your uh, warm season lawns go dormant. Listening back to any parts of the show, wsbradio.com. Click on On Demand, and there you can find Green and Growing uh, each hour of every show. Listen at your leisure. I think you have to listen to one commercial in the beginning. That's it. And then the rest of it is uh, commercial free. Or also Spotify and Google Play. I'm on there as well. There's a picture of me holding an orchid, which I still have alive at my house. And that picture was taken almost two years ago. So that way you can easily find Green and Growing to listen back on demand. 404-872-0750 is the number where you can call. We've talked about a lot of different things um, on the show today about birds, about garden lore. I opened up the show with um, something interesting that that I found from Farmer's Almanac, and I, I alluded to it with Erica just a little while ago. Uh, for every fog in August, there will be a snowfall. Hmm. They remind us, too, that weather lore relies on the notion there's a strong cause-and-effect relationship, right, between nature and the weather. So maybe you can track those kinds of things. I had a caller, Mike, who said, yeah, I track it. For 20 years, I have tracked dense fogs in the month of August, Almost nine times out of ten corresponded with a snowfall. Um, and another one was interesting. You've maybe heard this if you've been around a while. See how high the hornets nest to tell how high the snow will rest, right? So uh, I posted a picture on the Green and Growing WSB Facebook page a few weeks ago of the incredibly large hornet nest in my magnolia tree beside the driveway, bigger than a football. I'm leaving those guys alone. They're not bothering anybody. So... They make their nests in trees at varying heights. So how high or low can predict snow? It's above my head. Um, It may be mm, 10 to 12 feet high. So I hope that that doesn't correspond with how many inches of snow there will be. But who knows? We need to get through fall first. That's what we're excited about. Fall planting. It's a great time of year for lots of color, for cooler weather. So coming up at the bottom of the hour, Pike Nursery will join us with mums, And more touches of fall, signs of fall, things you can be planting and installing in the landscape. You don't want to miss that. So uh, up to the next caller, who has been patiently waiting this morning, Dan from North Fulton County, calling from Roswell, checking in. Good morning. Hey, good morning, Ashley. Thank you for taking my call. Yeah, thank you. Kind of similar to your previous caller, I'm creating a border between my house and my neighbors. Mm -hmm. But I've already planted seven um large well fairly large they're three feet tall now i just put them in the ground pampas grasses Mm -hmm. and i want to make sure i water them correctly so i'm looking for information on um amount of water and frequency of watering and then i also want to know if i can mulch them with pine straw or if the acidity in the pine straw is, is a problem for that at all I think that's going to be fine. Mulch isn't necessary, um, so don't waste okay. your time if you don't want to, but you can. The thing about it, it's kind of a catch-22, Dan, in that they need well-draining soil. They don't want excessive moisture. You know, that's going to affect the fertility and the canes growing and all of that, plus just root rot and stunt the growth if it stays in 
excessively wet spots. But at the same time, it's full sun. It can tolerate extreme heat. However, just regular watering. So that's almost a general rule of thumb for most plants in the landscape, about an inch per week. Um, So if we go through a dry spell, which we've been hit or miss this summer, I can't even say there's been 16 consecutive days of rain back in July, but then two or three weeks with no rain. Um, So just on those weeks, pay particular attention, maybe bring the garden hose out one one night, you know, toward dawn and just really give it a good soaking. Um, One day in that week is going to be sufficient as long as you make sure it gets about an inch of water. Um, And those are going to make a really good border. Yeah, I've got some on the other side of the house, but I planted them about 20 years ago, and I didn't remember how much I watered them when I put them in. So I figured I'd ask you. Yeah, definitely not overthinking it, but do pay attention. Even though they do like that full sun, they they could definitely use a drink every now and then. So I think you're fine. Awesome. Well, thank you very much. Thank you. Have a great weekend. You too. Bye-bye. Appreciate the call, Dan. 404-872-0750. So now is really the time that we need to start thinking about the lawns, the onset of disease, believe it or not, just with the humidity that we've had over the summer, the wet weather, that kind of thing. So that is what my next caller, Sarah from Smyrna, is calling about. Hey there, Sarah. Welcome to Greeny Growing. Hey, thanks for having me. Um, I was at a friend's house yesterday, and their yard was dead, and I was commenting half of my yard is dead. And they said, you have something called army worms, check for worms. And I went outside this morning and I was like, I see worms. So um, I've been on your website and it said not to use granular, but to use some sort of spray. So I wasn't exactly sure which or which one you would recommend at this moment there. Yeah. Yep. Not excited. No. So this time of the year is when you see those black caterpillars, um, Pretty common in Bermuda lawns as well. Is that what you have? Yes. Okay, yeah. They're kind of clustered in an area of the grass. If you see a lot more birds than normal, um, they could come and be plucking them. So, yeah, okay. control is is going to be really something you need to get ahead of. Um, insecticides are the best thing to kill them. So sprays, sprays are good. Um, you need to do it repeatedly to really keep on top of it. And anytime we're talking about any kind of caterpillar worm, BT, Bacillus thuringiensis, BT is the best spray that is known to really combat caterpillars. So that's something that you want to look for, that active ingredient, um, BT. And you want to maybe make sure the ground's a little damp, um, maybe, you know, in the early, early morning if you spray and there's some dew on the grass and things like that, that's going to help with the spray as well. Okay. So. Now, do I need to, as far as, like, reapply a um, anything else on it to help it try to come back before the um, the fall or just let it go through the winter and just hit it hard with fertilizers in the spring? Get on top of it in the spring. Wintertime, okay. um, they're, they're not going to be super, super active. Um, okay. Mow before you do the spray. And then okay. you may need to do a reapplication, but read the bottle. It'll tell you, you know, when to reapply. Um, okay. But mow first. That's going to make it a little more, you know, effective. The the blades of the grass a little more damp with with dew or something like that. And I think you'll you'll be fine. It just depends on the severity of the outbreak of army worms that you've got. Maybe how many applications you're going to need. Um, okay. But yeah, start looking into that. Oh, I'm so sorry, Sarah. I know that's awful. That's good. All right. Yep. Thanks for all your help. Yes. Thank you. Good luck with that. And yeah, Sarah's talking about Walter's website, which is a great resource for those of you 
uh, looking to try new things or questions about identifying things that you may have, WalterReeves.com. And Reeves is R-E-E-V-E-S. Uh, WalterReeves.com. You can certainly read up about all these kinds of insects. And I'm going to be talking with Walter um, about various kinds of insects in the middle of September. We've already kind of mapped out our conversations. So stay tuned for that at 630 on a Saturday morning in September. Any of the fall insects we're combating, that could be pests in the yard, thinking about things like caterpillars, fall webworms, spiders, all kinds of things. So staying ahead of that for sure. Up next, we've got Christine, a question about a holly tree. Hey there, Christine. Hi, Ashley. How are you? Great. Thanks for calling. Yeah, um, I have a question. I just moved to a new home and um, they had planted a holly tree right in front of the house, um, which I don't like anything to block the view. Um, So I would like to move it to a different area in the yard. I wanted to know when the best time to move that would be. Would it be okay to move it now? Do I need to wait till spring? I honestly think this is going to be the best time for you physically. The tree can tolerate you doing it. The holly can tolerate you doing it now or in the spring, but it's going to be easier on you to do it now. So wait till fall. That's a great time for new plants to get established as well as things that we're transplanting and moving for the root system can get used to their new environment. So make sure before you even dig it out, you know, go ahead and prepare the site where you're going to move it to. We definitely want to disturb the dirt, dig the hole and all of that wider than you do deep, Christine, because those roots, you know, it's already established. The root system is going to be fairly large. So you want it to go horizontally, make sure it's got a lot of room to spread out. Still go deep, but don't bury it so deep that you've got you know, the root flare where the where the roots begin to come from the trunk. You don't want that buried underground. Um, so just kind of keep laying it in place. Make sure it's not too deep. Backfill it with that same dirt broken up really good. You know, that Georgia red clay, you've got to break that up in your garden gloved hands to make sure, you know, you get it back around the roots pretty well and press that soil back down. Make sure there's no air pockets or soggy spots. That way, you know, the water would pond and pool and rest there. And we don't want that. Um, but that... Is it okay? Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Is it okay if it's like just Georgia clay? Because that's really all we have. Or do I need to mix some um, soil in with it? You know, I'm I'm glad you asked about that. And a friend of mine, Joe Lample, Joe Gardner, who's been on the show with me for a number of years, um, brings up a good point. When we dig a new hole, you, you think you want to make it such an inviting environment, right? With soil conditioner and amendments and all of that. A little of that is okay. Or even like a a root zone kind of product to help stimulate the roots of something you're moving. Um, But you don't want to make the soil too, too nice in that hole. And the reason being the tree or bush or whatever it is you're putting in there is going to be like, great, man, this is great soil. What a nice environment. But then the roots are going to continue to grow out of that and then, you know, hit the wall where the red clay begins and think, oh, man, this isn't so great out here. They made this nice hole for me. So we don't want to make it too welcoming, if that makes sense. I know that seems counterintuitive, but really dig up the area very well. Loosen up that soil, that red clay. The hollies are going to do just fine in that, so I wouldn't spend your time or money you know, getting any kind of uh, additional soil to bring in there. Christine, good luck. Make sure it stays watered properly. Don't overwater it, but keep a close eye on it, and it's going to reestablish itself this time of year just fine. It's not going to have the heat stress, and it'll be, it'll be good to go. It'll be happy in its new spot. Thanks for the call. More 
of your calls coming up right here on Green and Growing, 404-872-0750. And when I come back, the top three things to do in the landscape this weekend, it's WSB. It's Scott Slate. Did you know you can listen to Green and Growing with Ashley Frasca on Saturday mornings on your smart speaker? And me too, weekday mornings. Just tell your smart speaker, play 95.5 WSB, and we're on. 95.5 WSB, Atlanta's news and talk. Here's Ashley. Here's Ashley trying to find her place on the computer. So many tabs open. But now, i got to tell you the weather update. That's brought to you by Finley Roofing. Really quickly, today and tomorrow, man, most weekends I work. It's a carbon copy. Saturday's weather is like Sunday's weather, one and the same. High around 90, low around 70, so not much varying uh, temperature status there. So it's going to be hot today, but partly cloudy, a little overcast. Only a 10% chance for a stray shower or storm, according to Channel 2 Action News meteorologist Brad. And it's the complete forecast and when we might see rain from Hurricane Ida. That coming up in less than 10 minutes. 404-872-0750. But first, helping you out in the landscape this weekend. Green and Growing! Green and Growing with Ashley Frasca. Here's your garden to-do list this week. Again, navigating... (laughs) Ah, navigating all the tabs on my computer. Okay, so the list. I should have it memorized by now. I try to do this once an hour, if not twice an hour. Number one, if summer did a number on your mulch or, oops, you were like me, you just didn't get around to putting any down in the spring or summer, refresh the mulch beds before the weather turns cool. In order for it to be effective, you've got to do at least two to three inches thick. So it's going to take a lot of mulch in some places. But not only does it prevent weeds, it helps the plants retain moisture, has a neater, cleaner look so you definitely want to get that done of course pike nursery has every color and type of mulch you can imagine and it's okay if you do pine straw if you do pine bark if you do mulch nuggets anything i'm um, just something's better than nothing and also a thin layer of uh newspaper i mean i think i'm going to do that for the first time these two beautiful stone beds at the base of my driveway um have been overtaken with weeds so i can't tell where the irises were um the poor panicle hydrangea that's struggling to grow up you know, above the weeds they've gotten so tall. So laying down some newspaper, putting mulch on top of that is going to be a good barrier for weeds. Number two, pull English ivy out of the trees. You don't want the weight of that pulling trees down. And number three, a fun thing to do with the kids, making a slug trap. Use a small board, maybe six by six, raised an inch off the ground with small stones. They'll be attracted to the underside in the shade. Scrape them off into soapy water. Get rid of the slugs because they eat your hostas and other things. We'll be back with Pike Nursery, all about fall, touches of fall, color in the landscape, coming up in less than 10 minutes. I'm Ashley Frasca, and it's green and growing on your radio on WSB. Growing with Ashley Frasca. Plants, flowers, trees, and stuff. Brought to you by Pike Nurseries on 95.5 WSB. Welcome to the weekend. What are your plans for the weekend? You don't have to do it all this weekend because remember, next weekend is Labor Day. So hopefully for a lot of you, that means an extended weekend, a three-day weekend to travel safely, of course, to do whatever it is you need to get caught up on. I have not even finished the same cup of coffee that I brought from home at 5 a.m. this morning. So I'm going to need a little more of that. Got tennis practice right after this. I'm excited. I'm getting amped up. Um, throughout the show, I've given you the top three things to do in the landscape this weekend. There's plenty 
to keep you busy as we transition. I know it doesn't feel like it right now with highs getting up to 90 degrees, but time to think about transitioning into fall. We're just days away from September. So this time of the show, always bring on someone from Pike Nursery. Today I have back with me Jackson Grimsley, the assistant manager of the Roswell location. And Jackson, we're talking about the colors of fall. Good morning. Morning, Ashley. How are you doing today? Very good. And I've teased ahead to this um, on the Facebook page, posted some great pictures of the things we're going to be talking about. Ornamental peppers, mums, and even some plants folks may not traditionally think of in the fall. But uh, what's your favorite time of year in the nursery? I got to ask. Fall is absolutely my favorite time. Uh, one, you know, it is a little cooler, so it's a little easier on us, but you just get such a great variety of, of plant material and it's um, you know, I really love trees and shrubs and, and fall color, and it's just the best time for it, for sure. Absolutely. I mean, there's so advan- so many advantages to gardening in the fall. You've got more mild temperatures. Rainfall is a little more predictable, a little more dependable than in summer. Fewer garden pests, so it's just really a good time, um, you know, for vegetables and herbs, but also all of these other things. So let's start with mums. Um, you know, folks know them as chrysanthemums, but uh, what do you have in terms of color and sizes there in the nurseries now absolutely we're just we're just now bringing in our first shipments um you know mums are a great great opportunity for fall color Uh, we carry them in a wide variety of sizes anything from six inch all the way up to 11 inch pots and uh, those 11 inch pots the plant's going to be well over a foot across um but you know for colors they come yellow orange red purple is a great variety of oh, colors yeah. so anything you can match your your landscape really really easily um you know they're they're a classic choice for fall um they're going to bloom you know for well over a month you'll get a great you know amount of time out of them uh, the biggest thing my biggest recommendation with them though is when you're watering you want to be careful to water from the, at the base of the plant if you water over the top of the plant, sometimes or generally you'll see the, the blooms start to rot, so you're not going to get the, the full-time bloom time out of them. Um, and then also when you're looking to pick mums, I always try and pick ones that either have just started to open or haven't opened yet. That way you'll really maximize the amount of color you get out of them. That's really good advice. And it is. It's kind of crushing to see the ones that have a little bit of water damage, you know, on the small petals and they're starting to brown a little bit. So deadheading is pretty important too, folks. If you have that small pair of uh, pruning shears that you can just go in, nip right underneath the, you know, expired bloom and that'll help them bloom uh, a little more proficiently, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And so, you know, some other great options, like you mentioned, ornamental peppers are are an excellent option for fall. Um, They're a little, you know, something that's a little different, help you stand out a little bit in the neighborhood. Um, Again, great colors, great fall colors, red, orange, and purple. Um, They really handle our heat well, you know, which is great since our falls can be a little unpredictable, um, you know, as as to what the temperature is going to be like. Um, And they love full, you know, full apart sun and they don't need a lot of water either, which is what's really great about them. These ornamental peppers, they're so cool. And I I shared a couple of pictures on the Facebook page, you know, in in um, ahead of our conversation, Jackson, black pearl. I will never forget when I bought my house 10 or 11 years ago, um, I bought a coffee plant, which I mean, of course, I didn't expect it to do anything, but I bought a black pearl. And that was kind of my first steps into, you know, having house plants and then moving the black pearl out to the deck. But that was one of my favorite 
ornamental peppers. The leaves are almost black, a deep, deep purple, really pretty red berries, but they're almost like a metallic blue before they turn red. And that's just one of the most fun ones. So folks, go to Pike Nursery. You'll find that among others. Black Pearl is just my absolute favorite. Um, What else as far as color goes? Well, so zinnias are actually one that are great into the fall. Most people don't think of them as fall plants. They think of them as summer annuals, but they will last all the way to the first frost. So they can really give you some great color into the fall. And, you know, the most common colors you see with zinnias are yellow and orange. Mm -hmm. So you get some good, really, you know, traditional fall colors from them. And they are technically annual, but they do actually seed themselves a lot of the time. So sometimes you can get them to come back year after year. Uh, they're great, you know, attractors for pollinators, too. So, you know, it's, it's a great thing to add to the garden. Yeah, and if you go down the stem, you know, same thing like Jackson and I were talking about with the mums, go down the stem, deadhead the ones that are expired. Oftentimes, from the stem where you deadhead it, two new stems will pop out, and sometimes you'll get two flowers, two buds from where there was just one. So, yeah, keep those fresh. Keep those looking nice. Um, you can grow them from seed, but, yeah, I mean, you all have them just in the in the containers, the the planters ready to go, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. What's next? I love these. Um, so next we have caliber and petunias, which again, most people think of as spring or summer annuals, but again, they will go pretty much all the way to the first, the very first frost. And most of what we have in right now for petunias are going to be your wave petunias, which are the trailing options. So yes. for a container, both of those are going to be awesome options for, for your, your spill, your spiller to something to go over the side of the container and give you a really nice pop of color that can contrast nicely with your container or your house. Yeah, wave petunias, they fill in so beautifully, whether you have them in a hanging basket or I've got mine at the mailbox. And I mean, it looks like I planted three and all I did was plant one and it's that trailing. I mean, it's so beautiful. Um, I had a caller earlier in the show who was calling about pampas grass and that mm-hmm. is really a favorite. That's really beautiful. I love pink muley grass, like fountain grass um, in the spring. But are ornamental grasses okay for this time of year? Absolutely. A lot of them are in bloom right now or they're finishing up. So that's what, you know, a ton of people are probably seeing in the landscape is your pompous grass, your pink muley grass, those big feathery blooms. So those are awesome for the landscape um, or containers. Then there's some smaller grasses that are great for containers as well. Uh, the, the red rooster rush is a great one. Mm-hmm. It has kind of a reddish brown color to the, to the blades of grass. So it's a great option for fall containers. Uh, purple fountain grass is a great one. Um, and then you also have, you know, your Acorus and um, your Carex. Both of those will give you some really nice yellows um, that'll do really, really well in containers. I never thought of ornamental grasses as being available in so many colors, Jackson. I mean, you just said brown and red and purple and pink. My gosh, I never thought about that. Yeah, you get a great variety of color on them. Love it. Okay, so mums, ornamental peppers, not too late for petunias and zinnias, believe it or not, guys. Still months to enjoy those. Um, and, and a long time, maybe a future ahead of some of you listening, if you want to work for Pike Nursery, um, what a fun place, like Jackson said, by far, favorite time of the year right now in the nursery is fall and then getting into the Christmas season, like the hustle and the bustle and helping the customers. Um, you guys are hiring, and what a fun place to work. We absolutely are hiring right now. We are hiring for, you know, like you said, fall and Christmas season. We're looking to add, at, you know, at least 100 seasonal employees across the 15 Georgia stores. Um, you know, we're looking for cashiers, loaders, sales associates, um, you know, and so for sales associates, you're going to need probably some horticultural background. 
Um, but for cashiers and loaders, you know, it's not necessary. I started as a seasonal loader almost 10 years ago wow. and knew nothing about plants at the time. <laughs> so, you know, and look at you now, one. like you're talking on the radio about plants. Who knew? <laughs> <laughs> That's, and, you know, I just, I just, you know, ended up finding something I really love to do. And so it's a great, great way to get started in the business. Um, you know, there's great opportunities for learning once you get in. And again, you know, a ton of our people start seasonally. The majority of our people start seasonally, and then you know a lot of people end up staying. They really end up loving it. So it, it is a great place to work. And so, yeah, if you're interested, absolutely, you can go to our website, PikeNursery.com, and go under the Careers tab and apply online, or you can come into the store and apply in person. Um, you know, we're we're looking for people, absolutely. So please don't hesitate. And young and seasoned. I mean, I think some of my fondest memories of Pike Nursery is when we go to get the Christmas tree, you know, and there's a couple of teenage boys, two or three outside that are ready to load it on top of the car. And they look like they're having so much fun, like just such a blast, you know, working Christmas time and like loading up Christmas trees nonstop. It's fun. Absolutely. Chris, Christmas is a great time. It's, it's, it's a marathon for sure, but it's, it, it is a great time. Um, you know, one of my, that was my second season that I worked as my first Christmas. And it's something that convinced me to say it was just a lot of fun. Well, Jackson, I appreciate all your knowledge. So many colorful options for us getting into the fall. And, and you surprised me with the zinnias and the petunias. I would have thought too, ah, they're toward the end. No, no, they're still in stock at Pike Nursery. Now, let me ask you too, do y'all have cool season vegetables yet? If we were to come pick up the little broccoli heads or, or broccoli plants or anything or not yet? We absolutely do. We yes. just got one of our first shipments in, and so we're going to be expanding that as the weeks go on here. But, yeah, we've just started uh, bringing all that stuff in, and so it's perfect time to get your fall garden going. Good. You guys know it. Jackson knows it. Well, thank you so much for uh, for calling in and always being so knowledgeable. I appreciate it, Jackson. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, Ashley. Yeah, have a good Saturday morning. Love that. So uh, more about some of the plants that Jackson mentioned um, coming up on my Facebook page later this weekend. Green and growing WSB for sure. My favorite time of year. I love it. 404-872-0750. Up next is Joel calling from Hiram out west. Good morning. Good morning. Hey, what you got? Uh, I've got a uh, wild grapevine growing, and I was wondering if I could trim it back. I read on the internet that the best time to do that is in the springtime. Now, I don't know if wild grapevines would be any different from bunch grapes, you know, and the things we're thinking about as far as muscadines and those kind of things. But something like that, it's best to prune it in the dormant season. So really, you're looking at like late November through March because you can actually get in there, see which canes to prune. Um, and then as new growth starts in the spring, Joel, and you see shoots that are coming up in the spring, you would thin out some of that new growth, some of the new shoots in the spring, just so that when all of it grows out and flushes out, it's not so crowded. But if you're talking about for size-wise, yeah, I mean, be strategic, of course, but best to do it when it's dormant, like November, December. Okay. Uh, you know, if... Uh Muscadines and uh, scupperdines, do they group together in bunches or are they just spread it out as far as the actual grape? The actual grape themselves, um, they're they're bunch grapes, no? Are they not? I don't know. Yeah. Hmm. What do you think? I mean, you, you have no really idea or way of knowing what you've got there in the wild, huh? Well, so these are bunched together, but they're not getting big. Oh. And I think the reason why it needs to be trimmed back 
pretty good. Yeah, yeah, that's going to be a good start. And then um, for a resource for you, a really good resource, I would go to extension.uga.edu, um, extension.uga.edu. And there's a great publication on everything grapevines from pruning to when to fertilize and all of that. But you could maybe, I guess you're out in Paulding County, perhaps in Hiram, um, find the extension office and actually bring them a leaf, a vine, or a, a shoot, a cane if you can. Let them positively identify what you've got first and that way we kind of know best practices for it um and then kind of go from there as far as pruning is going to be awesome that's going to be a very good technique for rejuvenation but also fertilizing at the right time as well and you know trellising and all that if necessary so joel good good question uh refer to your county extension agent first make sure what you got and then you may be well on your way i mean it takes a little bit of work but man once you get those grapevines established you do pruning once a year they go nuts. You can be so successful with them. Thanks for the call. 404-872-0750. Winding down the show, taking a quick break, but we'll be back. It's Ashley Frasca on WSB. Scott Slade here on your WSB Weekend. Enjoy green and growing with Ashley Frasca and Dave Baker's Home Fix-It this morning on 95.5 WSB. The WSB News Team, meteorologist Kirk Mellish and I will be here Monday morning with Atlanta's Morning News. Here's Ashley. A weather update brought to you by Finley Roofing today and tomorrow. Very similar situation, high around 90, low around 70. A small stray shower or storm possible and the rain from Hurricane Ida that is set to move in as early as Monday afternoon into Tuesday. So prepare for rain this week. Quickly, we'll do this. Green, green, and growing. Ashley Frasca's top three things to do this weekend. The clock is ticking for me. So number one, if summer did a number on your mulch, refresh mulch beds, put more out as the weather turns cooler, prevents weeds, helps retain moisture, and just a tidier look. Number two, work on pulling English ivy out of the trees, cut the vines down at the base, and then go up maybe up to two feet and cut more. That's going to leave a a big bare segment at the base of the trees where it's going to have trouble uh, growing, and then the stuff that's already up in the trees is going to slowly die off. And number three, be on the lookout for slugs on the hostas and the silvery trails they leave behind. You could trap some, by putting a small board on a few pebbles or rocks about an inch off the ground, they're going to crawl up under the under shady side of it, and uh, you'll be able to just drop them into a bucket of soapy water, and away they go. So I love that I uh, just had the call about grapevines, and I got a message from Janet. Her daughter wants family plants for her home, Concord grapes. that they've, they've had black rot every year, so wanting to know if the vines carry the rot. That was a good grapevine question as well. They do. A lot of that fungus overwinters in the canes and the leaves, the mushy grapes that are left behind. So best management practices is removing anything that's diseased from the area, from the vines as we go into winter time from the ground another layer of mulch and that's why pruning too is so important for grapevines so thanks to janet for the great question as well uh my time has expired dave baker i'm sorry is up next with the home fix it show you'll have a blast with him from nine to noon have a great saturday thanks to brent thanks to demarco for keeping the show on the air we'll talk to you soon When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. 
Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.